Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. On we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. These words of lament bring us closer to God. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in the newness of life. The Bible is full of stories of redemption, stories of change, and stories of hope. Through four of those stories, we will discover how faith in a risen Jesus can transform our lives for the better in the here and now. No matter how big or how small we fall, God outstretches God's hand, ready to raise us up. So in this worship series, Rising Strong, this is a a series put together by the Greater New Jersey Conference of the United Methodist Church, um, which is wonderful because they do these fabulous videos and graphics. We're going to do five stories, not four. You know, make it our own. Um, And I will just share with you, I'm moving a lot this morning. You know, you see little kids moving. It's because they're so full of energy. This is not why I'm moving. I went for a run yesterday. And I am at an age where it turns out you should not keep going when you're feeling fine, or the next day you can hardly move. So if I keep moving, then I feel like I can keep walking and not just, you know, be so stiff I can't move. (laughs) Some of you are at an age where you understand what I'm talking about. So we are looking at rising strong from suffering. And this is... uh, a way of looking at the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And we finished during Lent a worship series called Questions to God. And this was one of our questions, why do bad things happen to good people? And we were not able uh, to explore it that week, so we're looking at it now. That should say, why do bad things happen to good people? It wrapped funny. I love these, the questions to God in that series because they were so good. They pushed us into hard, real questions. Because I don't know about you, but I tend to shy away sometimes from the really hard stuff. One of the things I loved about spending time with our newly baptized is, was their questions. They were such good, real questions. And it made me realize some of my questions. Like, I carry the question... That why did God create alcohol that ferments naturally from fruit that when a pregnant woman drinks it can cause permanent brain damage? This is a question I have. It's going to come up quickly when I have my conversation with God. And God will probably speak to me a lot like God spoke to Job. So why do bad things happen to good people? This is really a question about what is God's role in suffering. 
And it's probably the most common reason that I hear people reject God. They say, I can't believe in a God who allows child abuse to happen. I can't believe in a God who allows people to suffer with cancer. I can't believe in a God who allows, you know, young people to be, you know, beaten to death for their orientation. And there is no doubt that bad things happen to good people. And in fact, not only do bad things happen to good people, sometimes bad things happen to good people because they do good things. We have a saying, no good deed goes unpunished. There's a friend of mine who several years ago got a phone call and her niece's baby had been removed by Child Protective Services. He had been badly beaten by the boyfriend. And they asked her, would you take him in? Probably adopt him. And she was a good, loving person, and she took him in. And she nurtured him and loved him and gave him safety and a good life and advocated for him at school and did all the things the expert said to do. And now as a teenager, he's oppositional and destructive, sometimes violent. He screams at her, he lies, he steals, and then has very little remorse. She suffers. Sometimes we suffer from the good that we do. Sometimes we suffer from the bad that we do. Sometimes we suffer for no reason. There, There is no good reason, and Scripture is full of suffering. In our psalm, the people of God had been exiled. A foreign empire had invaded. They had come in and they had killed people and they had plundered and they sent folks away. They took their land. They sent them on a thousand-mile trek and many died on the way. They were in Babylon. They were so far away from Zion, their homeland. Would you read these words from Psalm 137 with me? By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. In the psalm, people lamented their suffering. Actually, about a third of the psalms are lament, naming suffering, sometimes asking why, really never getting an answer. In this psalm, we heard Deb share, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? Their despair, their suffering was deep. They had no land. They were foreigners. And they were taunted, we hear. I wonder, did people sneer at them for not speaking Babylonian? Were the folks hard-hearted towards them because they had no place to live? And they taunted them. They seemed to enjoy rubbing their their nose in their suffering because they said, sing us songs of Zion. Those tormentors probably figured that the people of God deserved their suffering. Why do bad things happen to good people? Underneath this is the assumption that bad things happen to bad people, and that makes sense. That, that makes sense to us. 
So when a bad thing happens to a good person, it doesn't make sense. And sometimes we think, well, maybe it's because they're actually a bad person and they deserve it. In John chapter 9, Jesus and the disciples came upon a man who was blind, had been born blind. And the disciples asked, who sinned, this man or his parents? That was their question. Whose fault is it? Not, how can we help this man blind? Is this one who can be healed? They wanted to know whose fault was it? Who was the bad person? And Jesus said, neither, neither this man nor his parents sinned. They were pretty focused on blame. Let's figure out whose fault it is. I wish I could say I was a lot different. Because <laughs> I see in myself all the time, focusing on blame. The other day I was flustered, the other week, I was flustered about a mistake that had been made and, um, for worship, and I'd, I'd figured out a workaround. And then I said, with the choir, I said, well, at least if it's messed up, it's my fault. And Gary said, it's important that we establish whose fault it is. <laughs> it was a gentle naming that I was focused on blame. <laughs> he provided focus. I was focused on blame, not on compassion, not on generosity, not even on effectiveness. Thank you for being gentle. <laughs> when we see bad things happen, we still do that. We go right to, who's the bad person? Who do we get to blame? Whose fault is it? And if we can't find the bad person, we'll often blame the victim. My friend, who suffers with raising a, a child with severe behaviors, has been scolded for her parenting. What did you do to make this happen? The other day I was in a group and folks started talking about kids going into foster care and, and kids being adopted or, you know, placed with their grandparents. And, they, and some folks said that that was a bad idea because if the parents were acting bad, it was clearly the fault of the grandparents. I know some grandparents who have taken their grandchildren in who are wonderful, good people whose adult children are just quite different from them. And they've taken their grandchildren in and they've suffered for it. We're so invested in this idea that bad things must happen for a reason that we have used it to justify oppression of an entire people. When the African slave trade began, it was, it was just business. The ships would go to the Americas, you know, load up with sugar, sell it in Europe, go to Africa, load up with um, African slaves, sell them in the Americas, pick up sugar. Well, the African folks suffered. It was a bad thing. The men were beaten, the women were raped, children were separated from their families. And so people came up with reasons of why they deserved 
why this whole people deserved it. Well, they weren't Christian. You know, they were mostly Muslim. You know, it's the sin of Ham cursed the whole people. Well, you know, they're feeble-minded, and they need a slave master to look over them. Those African folks did not deserve the bad things that happened to them. And we still live with that legacy of racism that lives on that we have absorbed even when we don't want to. Why do bad things happen to good people? In the story I shared with the children from the Gospel of John, Mary and Martha suffered when their brother died. Death of a loved one is a terrible suffering. Jesus didn't make Lazarus die. Jesus didn't make Mary and Martha suffer. When we love deeply and a person dies, we suffer. Grief is a testimony to deep love. And when Jesus arrived, unlike myself, he did not determine blame. Instead, he cried. He wept. He joined them in their suffering. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. In the next chapter of John, we hear that Jesus, that a crowd had come out to Jesus. Would you read this with me? Not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. We're, the gospel writer does not tell us if they killed Lazarus, but we do know that they killed Jesus. Bad things happened. And whose fault is it? Because that's what we tend to want. We want things to make sense. We want them to make sense sometimes more than we want to be compassionate or generous or even faithful and Jesus will have none of it. Perhaps you've seen these. You never know what someone is going through. Be kind. When Jesus was asked about that man born blind, and he said neither he sinned nor his parents, he was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. I recently read an article, and it said everyone suffers. Everyone has trauma. Not some people have trauma and suffering, and some people don't, but everybody does, that it is part of the human condition. And then my question is, where is God? Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross. There will be suffering, and follow me. I will be with you. Once I got an email from, from a person who was suffering. She'd recently moved to town, didn't know anybody, was new in town. And it was like a month or two later, her husband got the flu and died. 
It was so shocking. It was so unexpected. And she was plunged into this deep, deep suffering. And so I met with her, and, and in her grief, she, she did lots of, why did this happen? As any of us would. So I called a member of the church and asked if she could join their small group. And this member said, we're all widows. Give me your phone number. And so I'm not a widow, and I don't know that everydayness of, of living through that first year or two of grief that, that you just start crying randomly everywhere, that you just go to the grocery store and suddenly a memory comes. This woman told me, she says, I feel like I can't go out because I just cry randomly all the time. Well, she joined the small group, and they took her in so well. And uh, coincidentally, a few weeks later, I visited the small group, and folks were sharing, and the issue of suffering came up. And this woman, still in the depths of grieving, said, without suffering, there is no resurrection. Without suffering... There is no resurrection. I get caught up in that wanting to blame somebody, and if I can't find a person, then I'll blame God. Because I suffer like everybody, and I've had trauma like everybody, and I want God to take it away. I see other people suffering, and I want God to take it away. But without suffering, there is no resurrection. Bad things happen to everybody, and God joins us in our suffering. God understands suffering. God has experienced suffering. And God joins us in our suffering. God also understands resurrection. And God has experienced resurrection, and God shares resurrection with us. Rising strong from suffering. It is that we are called to shift from blame and to shift into compassion, generosity, solidarity, to notice God there with us in the suffering and to being with others as they suffer. And when we shift, when we shift to that compassion and that generosity, we rise strong with Christ. It bolsters our faith. We rise with Christ. We start seeing God's work revealed, and we rise strong with the one who gave us resurrection. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.